Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Trash Talk. I am joined today by a new friend from Ontario named Jillian from a band called Mall Crimes. I'm very stoked about this. This band's rad. Um, another Wicked Curse Blessings band. They always are banging out the good ones. So uh, before we start, we'd like to acknowledge the fact that this podcast and variety show is uh, was founded, recorded, and is continued to be created on Treaty 7 land, part of the traditional Blackfoot territories. Um, now, oh yeah, they kick ass live for sure. I've seen the videos. I did some research today. Um, the new tunes are very much like very Viagra boys. And I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of that. So before we fire this up, let's do a run through of the sponsors. So as always, we're partnered with Cursed Earth Apparel and Print and Apply Within Audio. Um, sponsored by Octave Studios, Medicine Hat, uh, Intrinsic Productions, Camp Misfit Clothing, Armstrong Metal Fest, Loudest Hell Festival, Decimate Metal Fest, Intersect Arts and Music Festival, uh, and Mountain Bistro Pizzeria, Bragg Creek. So thank you guys so much for, for joining us today. Let's, uh, let's get into it. <laughs> Hey, I'm Nate Trash. Welcome back to another episode of Trash Talk. called Mall Crimes. We just put an album out. You were gracious enough to play a little bit about it before I logged into Ninja today, so thank you for that as well. Uh, I grew up in a town called Belleville, Ontario, but I've called London, Ontario home for the last 14 years. Um, I'm in a band with my partner, Patrick. He plays guitar in Mall Crimes been a band for about three years and having a blast having a blast couldn't ask to play music with better people that's what it's all about that is what yeah. it's all about so uh what are your influences when it comes to making music from all crimes yeah i love this band from the uk called Poison Girls. They were making music in the late 70s up until a few years ago when their front person passed away. The thing that's pretty unique about Poison Girls is the front person didn't start making music until she was 45. And all the music she writes is about is from the perspective of a working class woman in Thatcher's UK. So it's it's really funny and it's really poignant and it's certainly from like this very specific point in history, but it has this real timeless quality. So I'd say poison girls, like, you know, way, way up there for me. I think more speaking more contemporary bands, we love idols, Viagra boys, like enormous, enormous, influence uh sebastian murphy is a babe 
and I have a few pals who like very graciously have made a, a black like Henry Rollins era black flag comparison uh, from all crimes, which I'm like having a little time wrapping my mind around. That's like such a such a huge compliment. So those are definitely the ones that come to the the forefront of my mind. I think if you were to ask someone else in the band, they might say like death grips. Um, I know Pat, who I mentioned earlier, huge idols, huge Viagra boys fan. Um, we've all been listening to ceremony a lot lately. Um, we just saw them open for turnstile earlier this year. So, Hell yeah. you know, maybe there's some power violence in the future. Hell yeah. Turnstile is very rad. Uh, I also hear some Sleaford yeah. mods, Sleaford mods in your guys' sound a little bit. Uh, I don't know if, uh, I don't know how, but that's probably because they come up in the playlist when I listen to Viagra Boys. But have you heard of the Sleaford mods? Oh, yeah. 100% and exact same reason. It's like the song that jumps on when like Welfare Jazz finishes playing. Yeah. Um, They've got this song about being unemployed and like visiting the social services office. That is like, it's called Job Seeker. Play it all the time. Cannot get enough of that song. Mm -hmm. It's so like snarling and so funny. And I think really like, like it's just so packed with attitude. Yeah. I've really, I really gravitated toward that song. And then I saw they were on uh, Tim Heidecker's podcast a few months ago, and I was like, okay. So, so they're rad, as yeah. was Sebastian Murphy, actually. Yeah, we are, uh, we're big Tim Heidecker fans in my band. At least at least me and my guitar player are, like, to a ridiculous oh, point. Of, you identifies Tim heads? We, uh, so we would get, we got yelled at at our first show because we were, like, trying to do stupid bits on stage in between songs because we only had 16 minutes worth of music and we had to play for 25. So, like, he brought, like, some stuff from home and he's like, we're going to do a merch giveaway, but it's not Horrify merch and it has nothing to do with music. And, like, my, my, one of my partners, Nathaniel, like, a partner's on the show, he got a book and it was, like, Western or imperialism in the Middle East during the years of, and it was like, he's like, woo, I got this book. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we got yelled at for that. We got yelled at for that because it was stupid, but we're a big Tim Heidecker fans. So like we, if we follow, we follow his rules too. Like if he likes stuff, then it's like, yeah, okay, well, you know, that's probably pretty cool. But Joel, Joel also has a mind of his own. <laughs> Hundred percent. Oh my god! I, you know what? I played a, a sample. I've been playing a sample of this bit he did on an episode like two years ago, and we played it at this kind of big show for us, and we were like the opening band. Uh, we're playing this sample, and someone in the audience was like, "Play a song." <laughs> so I guess you know, yeah, you get it or you don't. So. Uh one when we did a live stream, one of our first shows was a live stream, and uh, oh, man, and this the singer or the singer, my guitar player's wife. It was his and his wife's anniversary when we were doing the live stream, so he sang the Oscars Fever song to her on live stream because she hates the song so much. So like we got that recorded on our on our YouTube page, or maybe it's the I don't know. It's one of the pages. Of uh, Joel singing the Oscar Fever song, and it's it's quite the it's quite the go. We stopped. We got booed off. We had to stop that one too. We got yelled at by ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but good times, definitely good times. So, what is the scene like? And actually, we got a we got a chat, a couple of chats here. My buddy Griff says hi, Nate. Hi, Griff. I hope you're doing good, buddy. Um, death perception. <laughs> I think this is one of the death perception guys. Um, I'm not sure who it is, but he asks, what's good with Nate? It's Kyle from death perception. What's good with Nate and Jillian? Well, with, with V's instead of A's. Huh? Huh? On brand, right? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nate's good. 
Nate's doing pretty good. Nate's uh, having an interview with his new friend, Jillian. Ah, right? And Jill. There you for go. For her part, is having an interview with her new friend. Perfect. Nathan. Jill. So. Jill. That's the one. All right. Now, what is the scene like where you're at? Yeah. So, I've been having this chat pretty frequently lately where uh, people who consistently show up for live music, live music is sort of having this big resurgence right now. I think in the, like the darkest parts of the pandemic, a lot of us were fantasizing about a time when we could all get together again and start enjoying live music as a group. So Music in London, while there is this this renewed interest, is a little tricky right now because we have so few venues. I think like a lot of places, right? Live music venues were among the hardest hit during the pandemic. A ton of them closed here. So I know I was really worried that because of this like huge uh gap this this amount of time where no live music was happening there'd be this real disconnect between you know the music people my age were making and then all of the younger bands who are gonna start establishing themselves but the energy and the response i see especially from younger bands in london in this area like folks just sort of started to get their footing has just been incredible. It's like so inspiring to see. I like tear up a little bit almost when I see it. It's like, there's the future. There they are. There they go. Oh yeah. We got a band like that here called silly bike and it's a bunch of teenagers. And, uh, I watch the vocalist and I, I look at him and I'm like, that was me. Like I got pictures of me with a white wife beater on and bleach blonde hair, just yelling and screaming at like fucking 17, 18 years old. And I'm just like, this is why, this is why I do the show. This is why I do all this promotion and stuff, you know? And like, I saw the same thing in, in our scene too, you know, I wasn't super concerned about the resurgence. I kind of had a feeling about it coming back the way it did, but a lot of people don't believe it. And like our last show, we played on a Thursday night and it was packed. It was packed. Love it. Love to hear it. It was awesome. So like, obviously people want to see shows. There's, there's people out there that want to go to the shows. It's just, you have to give them a reason to come to your show. And one thing I've noticed is the, aftershock of covid and it's not the bars that shut down during covid it's the bars that now still can't pay those debts now that those debt extensions are have ran out and Mm. now they're the aftershock is like the second wave of closing for these for these places so now calgary's down to very few venues to play aggressive underground music but that's also the ebb and the flow. That's the rise and fall of these tides. And, you know, with that comes these insane underground shows that have happening, like real underground shows, set up a generator on the other side of a wall, and then extension cords around and play. And it's been wild to see for sure. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I've heard about some of that stuff happening in Toronto. Um, some folks I knew, like, Years ago, we're trying to set something like that up here, just like looking for a patch in the woods. Um, so yeah, I love it. Like the creativity of like folks involved in the DIY community never ceases to amaze me, right? As you said, ebb and flow, but you know, maybe to use another expression where there's a, a will, where there's there's a way. And I think as long as people, you know, want to perform then they're going to figure out a way to do it that's right that's definitely right i totally agree with that um now how's the how are you feeling about the new releases yeah yeah well i strongly feel this is the best music that we have released to date we couldn't have done it without the assistance of cursed blessings records who i Heard you shout out. They are the best. They're wonderful. 
endlessly supportive record label. Doug and Al are an incredible team. Um, I am feeling like very confident about this music. I feel really lucky to be able to play with the people in the band, the other members of Mall Crimes. And I'm, I'm like really excited to share this music with new people and also really looking forward to what comes next because I feel we've, we've set a pretty high bar for ourselves. Hell yeah. It's great. It sounds awesome. And I'm, so I met Al, I met Al and he is, he's a gem. He's rad as hell. Um, Yeah. He looks like he is like patrolling the streets for chicks nonstop. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally joking. Al is like, he's a really nice guy. He's got nothing but the best manners when he is, when he was here. And like, I was, I tried to get a little interview of him. It was the first time I was doing trash on the streets interviews and, uh, and I didn't get it. I didn't get it. But that's because at that time I was still nervous about doing interviews. So it was like, if it happens, it happens. But if not, I'm not going to push it because I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the pushy guy. But Al has always been really rad. He uh, treats No More Moments really, really good. He's been treating citizens well. They, because I know Doug is a very, very instrumental part of this as well. I just have not met Doug. But uh, yeah, Curse Blessings is going to be popping off and uh, there's going to be lots of wicked bands that come off that label. I can already tell then they're just getting fired up. They're just getting fired up. Completely agree. Completely agree. Like being interviewed by you right now, it's very hard to imagine a time where you were shy or reluctant to do an interview. Cause this is, this has been a pleasure so far. I guess like right now is like the time when you're like, tell me about the most upsetting thing that's ever happened to you. Not, not. But. And that's, that's the thing about my interviews. So my interviews are a <laughs> lot different. My interviews are a lot different than regular interviews. I'm not out to get a string of responses for content. I'm not out to, uh, to get a certain amount of answers because like your publicist gave me some questions to ask. I know uh, your publicists get a hold of me uh, and many publicists get a hold of me and they say, Hey, we just want to do an interview. And then I run with it. And the reason I do this is because I've been a musician and musician is a very loose term because I am a vocalist, you know, and I don't mean that to slight you. Same. I mean that to slight myself. Cause like <laughs> I don't sing. I'm like just a death metal vocalist. And now I can't even like hide behind being wasted all the time. So now I'm doing this. I also have an eight-year-old daughter who has like been a very close part of me coming back to all of this at the same time. You know, I left music behind because it was very toxic for me, but I still wanted to be a part of the scene without being in a band. But everything came full circle and I got back in the band and now like... All of this stuff, doing this show is me connecting with other like-minded people uh, constantly so that my mind can stay focused on what I truly love and what I truly want to aspire to so I can show my daughter that it's possible with work. You know, So I do my show twice a week. I go to festivals and go to assorted shows around the city or around other cities to get interviews with those bands, help promote other bands in the, in, on the back end and in the background and it's all a part of the big, like, have to do it. You know, you have to do it in order to get that satisfaction. And I don't ever want to be left with that what if. That scares me more than anything is, is getting ready for the big one, getting ready for the end and having a list of things that didn't get done or that you could have done, could have did, but just didn't decide to that day, you know? So it's all yeah. about the connectedness and... uh that's that. That's I feel like that's what's going on with Curse Blessings too. Is like they're trying to fire up that old school like. And we also have another label around too. Can cannot disregard Wasted Wax Records out in Medicine Hat, but small underground labels cultivating really good hardworking musicians. You know, and I believe that that's what Mall Crimes is too. Because I was checking out your music today, and I was checking out well what I could find of your work on the internet as I was at work, <laughs> and. Uh, you guys are working really hard, you know, uh, very, very good, hardworking four piece of individuals that just keep crushing it out. And, and the variance in music, uh, like melodically 
is uh, it's got a lot of ups and downs. It's got a lot of different influences all pulled together. But your vocals stay very much like fucking intense. They're deadly. They're deadly. There's a couple ones in there that were recorded perfectly. I was like, that's that captured. I captured that sound. And being a vocalist who works really hard to get that feeling captured in the recording. I was like, I got to listen to that line again. Cause that was good. Like there was lungs in that. <laughs> now you said poison girls were, were your influences. Is that also like your vocal influences or do you have like other female vocal influences? Man, any, any gender vocal influences particularly, but do you have any that you could name off? Uh, absolutely. And I like, that was just such a kind thing to say. I'm, I'm very, very flattered with, uh, uh, with your comments about my about vocals, by the way, in terms of other, uh, other influences, you know, Wendy O. Williams from the plasma oh, yeah. is one I probably, yeah. I mean the, the high priestess, right? Like, yeah. um, yeah, I, I have this really distinct memory as a kid seeing this, much more music like top 20 most dangerous women in, in music and they happened to do a little segment on her she was like not number one for some unfathomable reason it's because they but, don't want people to go search her out and make her popular again rude yeah rude. yeah rude so rude yeah you know for anyone Listening, anyone watching this, if you ever see someone do a stunt in a metal or a hardcore video with a school bus, especially if they're riding on top of that, that is a direct tribute to Wendy O. Williams. So, uh, Wendy O, huge. Probably Lydia Lunch as well, another like highly, highly respected woman in, in music, specifically in No Wave. I watched a documentary about her not that long ago called the the war is never over. And she is maybe the most intense person ever. And so compelling has so many like interesting things to say, just existing with zero filter. So um, I would say those two folks. Nice. hundred percent. Nice. That's awesome. That is definitely some powerful influences for sure. Cause like, you're so nice. You're so nice and you're so polite. And, <laughs> and like, obviously I'm not trying to be too overly assuming here, but like, you're very nice. And just to hear that music, it's, it's very great to see that, you know? And that's the beauty that I feel of punk rock is that, uh, that, all individuals can be represented as their individual selves or whatever they want to at the time, you know? And like you get a lot of people that are super, super nice. And like I was telling, I was telling my partner, Alex, uh, I'm, I'm interviewing a band They're They're a vegan hardcore band. And she's like vegan hardcore. I'm like, actually the most intense hardcore is vegan hardcore. <laughs> Because, like, Gorilla Biscuits and stuff, right? And, like, that's some of the, like... And then you got intense, straight-edge vegan bands, you know? And they're just playing, like, intense, deadly music. And then, like, at the end of your song, I got I got low iron in my blood, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's... my my One of my best friends, Dave, He's uh, he works on the show here and there as well. He He's a... Uh, been, he's been vegan for 15 years now, I think. And he shout out to Dave. That's awesome. Yeah, he takes me. He so every year on my birthday, he takes me to a vegan restaurant, and it's just the raddest thing ever. It's been for like the last three years now. And last year, I got tricked. I got tricked. Okay, so I miss. I, I misjudged vegans and their spiciness. So I was like, I will get the spice. Vegans, they can't handle spice. There's no way, <laughs> you know? So I, I, ate, I ate a couple of these tacos, and I stopped. And I was like, Dave, I apologize. I apologize. He's like, they're spicy, aren't they? I was like, they're, they're very spicy. I'm probably not going to be able to finish them. <laughs> <laughs> 
but very deadly. I, I enjoy myself some good vegan food every now and again. Um, what's your favorite vegan food? Ah, uh, the thing that comes to the forefront of my mind, especially when you said you'd been tricked, was the jackfruit pulled pork. Now, see, it's I knew what all place. of them were. I knew what all the meats were. That's why I was picking them out. I was, yeah, I was like, I, I wasn't like, I knew it was all vegetarian stuff. It was just those darn spices. But sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Continue. No, 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 no worries. I was just going to say, when it comes to making hot sauce, you can very easily do it with like no animal products, right? It's just like peppers and vinegar and yeah. sugar for the most part, right? And that's that's where I was caught was like, spices are vegan though, man. Like think about Indian food, Nathan. <laughs> like Nate, you you know Indian food is the hottest food out there and you 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 just threw it you just threw it away. You just threw it away because what? Because you're a jerk, Nate, and you deserve the pain. <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure about all that. Uh it sounds like you had a very exciting birthday dinner, which I love. We're humbled by the spice a little bit. It's great. I'm excited to see where we go this year. I'm excited to see where we go this year. Dave, if you're watching, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to see it. Uh, but yeah, continue. Your favorite your favorite type of vegan food. What do you think that is? Yeah. Yeah. So I made myself a vegan mac and cheese last week with coconut milk and nutritional yeast predominantly. And it was, it was so good. I've been looking for a long time for a good vegan mac and cheese recipe. Unfortunately, they're very hard to come by. The off-the-shelf vegan cheese isn't really my thing. I haven't quite found one yet that I'm really, really stoked on. So making my own cheese and it not having to be like, soak your cashews overnight and have a huge food processor in order to like you know, do the final step of making your cheese. It, it was great. It was just like um, boiling down the coconut milk, more or less. So th- that one is is super memorable. I love a good pad thai, no eggs, all tofu, you know, sushi. Uh, I know I just dunked on like over-the-counter vegan cheese, but a nice vegan pizza can't go wrong. I think what I'm trying to say, Nate, is that I love to eat. Hey, that's <laughs> okay. Eat. That's totally okay. Um, uh, there's not enough people feel comfortable with eating, and it's become a big problem, you know? And, yeah. like, I, I have my own troubles with eating. Um, I was talking to my sister about it this weekend, about, like, snacks and stuff. How when I was younger, I was like, don't eat the snacks unless you're going to school. They're expensive. That's junk food. And now, now... It's hard for me to keep stuff like that in my cupboards. You know, I usually only pick it up on the weekend that I have my daughter so that she has lunch stuff for school. And I think more people should be encouraged to enjoy food, you know, and encouraged to not be stressed about it because a lot of that stress is what triggers these unhealthy mechanisms, you know, and like people binge eating and then not eating at all and then binge eating and then not eating at all, you know, and not drinking enough water during the day is a big one too. Like people just scoot through the day on a couple of coffees and a couple of sips out of their water bottle. And it's like, wow, you know, I know myself, like I can feel myself spinning out. If I don't, if I'm not drinking enough water, I can feel like my head fizzing, you know? And yeah, I encourage people to, to eat more and eat what you want. And if anybody has anything to say about it, like you got to do your best to ignore them because if somebody, if somebody is trying to uh, put an opinion on you about the way you eat and they have nothing to do with your life, then those people don't deserve to be acknowledged. They don't. They truly don't. There's uh, no such thing as the fucking food police. And if there was, there would probably be riots against those fucking police too. And well-deserved. And, you know, the soup cans will start fucking flying again. Just you watch. Just you watch. Hopefully more <laughs> soup cans start. Mark my word. That's right. Let's get- yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that's such a spectacular point. 
The only thing I would add to that really is if someone makes a comment about your food, someone makes a comment about your body, recognize that has nothing to do with you. That's someone who is so deeply insecure about themselves that they're projecting their shit onto you. And that's an unfair thing for other people to do. Uh, And you know, if you are feeling inclined, yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, the thing is when people try, if you have, okay. So when people try to, to say stuff about you and there's no real reason for it, the way that I see it yeah. is th- these days I've tried to hit it a little bit more empathetically. I was like, what is going on in your world friend that you need to be like casting off on people like this? Cause everybody and, and, House of Pain said it the best, and it was, uh, it was, uh, clean up your own backyard before you go looking over your neighbor's fence, and it pretty much means, like, you really need to take a look at yourself, you need to look inward before you project outward, and you need to realize, like, hey, everybody's got some faults, everybody's got some problems, you know, and it's better to not try and put a magnifying glass on other people's problems when, when, you know, a little bit of empathy, a little bit of connection could probably help everybody fix those problems. And uh, there's the obvious cases where that doesn't work, but I'm going to go for the silver lining every time. That's, how, that's just how I live my life. You have to, and it's worked for me. It's worked for me really well. Love to hear that. Yeah. You know, like there's never going to be an instance where, Kindness and having empathy and being compassionate isn't in in some small way going to be hugely impactful. You know, like like all of those things are always in such short supply. And I almost think when you when you react like that, you kind of catch people off guard. And I I do really like what you're saying. You know when people are being like nosy or crossing a line and just being like, so what's going on with you? Yeah. Like, you know, I think there's real value to that. And, and like I, so I had a, I had a guy post on one of my, one of my, one of my posts. He commented on one of my posts with this really long rambling, like obviously like very like cry for help type post calling me a bunch of ridiculous names and just out of nowhere. And I've never met this guy before. So I just laughed at it. And then he came back with another rambling post thanking me for not attacking him for what he said, but obviously like, and I'm an ex drug addict, you know, uh, I've been in that mindset. So I was like, Oh man, I know exactly. This guy's probably been awake for a couple of days and like, I try. I was going to message him, and then there's some cases where you just have to kind of like wait it out and see, and then try and approach it later on because you, all of these cases are very, very, very particular to the individual, you know. And whereas, and this is something I, I say to people too: is you you got to be aware of these things, and you have to be uh, have to see how to approach them. Because like me, I'm not a counselor, I'm not a therapist. I might have a podcast. I might go do interviews. You know, I give people advice when they ask for it. I'm always there to help. But when it comes to people who are that far gone, it's the type of situation of like, you need to watch the the engagement that you have with them too, right? So I'm hoping this person is okay. I haven't blocked them. My inbox is still open to them. I'm not going to just out them on my show because they don't deserve that. But I haven't deleted any of their comments on my posts. And I really wish this person well because, you know, that's honestly the absolute least I can do is just wish somebody well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, give people that grace, right? I think it's really wonderful that you have so much empathy, maybe even have some similar life experience to what this person is going through right now. And you're able to maybe extend to them the kindness that maybe wasn't extended to you when, when you could have used it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, Now we're getting to the end of the interview here. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that you think that we missed? You know, I am hyped on this album really grateful for the opportunity to talk to you talk to you about it nate if you are able to 
catch them all crime show in my totally unbiased opinion. I think we play the songs better live than we play them recorded. Kyle Ashbourne and Scott Middleton, who recorded, mixed, and mastered the songs, did an incredible job, and the recordings of the sound, the songs sound great. So I think me saying they sound even better played live is really saying something. Please support Curse Blessings Records. It's folks who really go above and beyond for their bands, who specifically want to work with bands who are hardworking, but who are also kind people like the people in the slime, like every single member of no more moments, like the folks in Maldita, like the folks in choices made, like the whole roster, like these bands, these labels are, are so worth supporting. And so please check out the curse blessings catalog, our records on there. You know, if you want to, you want to grab one that would rule. Hell yeah, I totally agree. I've been friends with the No More Moments crew for a very long time. And uh, the last show we played was with No More Moments. And they're, to this day, they'll be one of my favorite bands. And they will be to the very end. And, like, very stoked. I actually, when we did the EP, I actually sent it out to Al. To see what he had to say yeah? about it. Yeah, I did. And... Uh, Al's a very, very busy man, and that was our first effort. So I don't expect him to have gotten very, very excited about it. So that's totally okay. And Scott Middleton is a familiar name. Wasn't he in Cancer Bats? Yeah, he was. He's He is uh, an, uh, what is, what's the word I'm looking for? It's an audio engineer now. He's working, uh, like, he's recording bands we were fortunate enough to have him master the songs on You Embarrass Me. And uh, a band we played a few shows with, we're lucky enough to play with earlier this year, Haters from Brisbane, Australia. They have recorded an album with Scott Middleton. And because I was able to see them perform live, it, it's so it's so good. I, I cannot wait for this album to be out and because scott was involved i know it's gonna sound incredible i'm very stoked very very pumped nice um i'm gonna keep spinning the new mall crimes too it's uh it's awesome uh i'm gonna keep spinning all the mall crimes because i just can't get enough of that the female fronted bands you know the the representation these days is fantastic and uh I, I, I can't get enough of it. I really can't. Uh, the the viciousness that comes out of it and the fact that more people other than just like regular dudes like me are feeling like they can come out right to the front and express themselves. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And like I got a, me and a couple of my buds, I know for a fact we're on the front lines trying to protect these people and keep them safe too. And that's what it's all about. And I really, really appreciate you coming on the show. Pleasure was all mine. Let's do it again sometime. Definitely. Definitely. You can hit me up anytime. We'll knock another one out. We'll no do. worries. So uh, thank you, everybody watching. Kyle, thanks for jumping in the chat. Greatly appreciate it, buddy. You should hit me up about uh, getting back on the show, too. It's been a while since I talked to you guys. Hit me up. You know how to get a hold of me. So from Nate Trash, from Jill in Ontario at Mall Crimes. This has been another episode of Trash Talk. Thank you guys so much. Have a great night. We'll see you again Thursday. Cheers.